Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is Friday. And not only is it Friday, but it's Good Friday. My God. You good? You good? You good? It's all right. It's all right to praise him. It's all right to praise him. Why, why, why don't you just touch two people and say it's Good Friday? It's Good Friday. 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 If I was a Baptist preacher, I'd, I'd say on, on this day, they took my Lord up to a hill called Calvary, hung him high, stretched him wide. Now, but I, I can't I can't get into the rest of them because we, we ain't hit Easter yet. I'll, I'll come back next week and finish it off. So <laughs> uh, anyway, it's Good Friday. Happy Good Friday. Um, this is a very commemorative um, day that we celebrate the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We hope that you all are enjoying your Friday afternoon so far. But as you know, every Friday, the Amen Corner podcast is on. So thank you all for attending, tuning in to us. Um, like I usually start off the show with, make sure that you're following us on social media. And I'm not going to mess up like the last episode where I didn't know the Twitter handle. I got it on me right now. So uh, follow us on our Instagram at the Amen Corner Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at the Amen Corner Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at underscore the Amen Corner. Those are our three social media handles. If you didn't catch them, um, if you caught, if you only caught one of them, you can click the link in the bio, and all of them are listed in there, and you can just click on them and go from there. Um, also, we want to say hello to all everybody who's listening, tuning in from different streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music. Thank you for attending and tuning us. And even uh, where we started off, our home base at SoundCloud, um, thank you to all of you who are tuning in and listening to this show. All right, so um, since it is Good Friday, and also since we're starting off into a new month, I figured that we do something a little bit different for the uh, format of the show. So, this show really isn't going to be based off of a topic of discussion, and it is not really going to be covering a lot of current events, so it's really not going to be a whole lot of um, serious conversation. When I did put together the um, basis of what this show would be, I essentially wanted to do something that would not only entail those things that I just stated, but would also we would get some time to, you know, know the host, and... Um, for those of you that may or may not know, you may have paid attention to the intro music that's um, at the beginning. That's also that song comes from a um, certain rap group called Global Gospel that is um, comprised of myself and well, I'm semi-retired, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say that right now. But uh, it, it's comprised of myself and. Um, the, the our co-host Joshua Pye. I didn't even ask you how you were doing. Wow, I'm slacking. Joshua, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing great, man. Yourself, man? I'm doing good. All right. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I was just gonna go off on a tangent there. But um, 
we're going to take this episode to essentially tell you how global gospel started. We're going to be talking about um, that for our main topic of the show. So with that being said, um, this is probably not going to be one of our longer episodes. I don't know. Um, like, like the, like the preacher say, I, I don't plan to hold you long. And then they hold you for like an hour and a half. I don't, <laughs> I, I hope this isn't going to be one of those longer episodes. The way I formatted it, it shouldn't, but, um, we'll just see how it goes. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into these trending topics. Um, I saw this on Yahoo and then I had to go back and follow it up on, um, the Christian post. Um, it's a little bit of an interesting story, um, to say the least. Uh, evangelical CEO Dave Ramsey's company fired employees who had premarital sex. Uh, okay. Uh, let me go ahead and read what the article said. Um, months after a former employee alleged in a lawsuit that she was fired by evangelical CEO uh, Ramsey's Ramsey Solutions after becoming pregnant, the company lawyers responded in a recent court filing that she was fired after having premarital sex and so are multiple others. Ramsey Solutions, which has more than 800 employees, helps people regain control of their money, build wealth, grow their leadership skills, and enhance their lives through personal development. Yeah, that day, Ramsey. <laughs> wow. The, compa- the company also expects its employees to live by the Judeo-Christian principles and submit to its righteous living policy. In a recent motion to dismiss the case, cited Monday by the assistant Caitlin O'Connor, was terminated last June because she isn't legally married to the father of her child. To argue that at least um, 12 other employees, have, they argue, excuse me, that at least 12 other employees have been disciplined for having sex before marriage in recent years. The others were either terminated or resigned before they could be fired, court documents show. Um, O'Connor alleged in her lawsuit filed in July 2020 that just days after she informed the company's head of human resources, Armand Lopez, that she was 12 weeks pregnant and wanted to submit paperwork for maternity leave and other legally uh, protected accommodations, she was fired due to her pregnancy and violating Ramsey Solutions company product policy. The company said at least two employees were fired for having extramarital sex. Additionally, every employee who engaged in premarital sex was also terminated. The company conduct provision in the company's handbook states the image of Ramsey Solution is held out to be Christian. A team member should engage in behavior not consistent with traditional Judeo-Christian values of teaching and would damage the image and the value of our goodwill and our brand. If this should occur, the team member would be subject to review, probation, or termination. The company's code of conduct also incorporates a righteous living policy which prohibits premarital sex. That's crazy. I want to say something about that. I'm a, I usually start out the trending topics. We'll, we'll switch it up today. You go. You go ahead and start that on. I need. I need a second to process this anyway. So you go ahead. All right. So when I first seen that, um, when I, when I first like heard about you know Dave Ramsey. So with Dave Ramsey, like I know him from like you know Financial Peace University, with that program that you know they're promoting at the church and stuff like that. And, you know, just hearing about him when it comes down to, um, like, the allegations with, like, the woman that, you know, had premarital sex, you know, and got fired because of it. I feel like, like, in my opinion, I understand 
But at the same time, it's like, why fire somebody because they had premarital sex? Yeah, that's how I'm but feeling about it. That's just like, yo, that's just, that's just kind of like, I feel like that's kind of, um, what's the word? I don't want to say judge, well, judgmental, but it's, it's like, it's like, um, it's like you're, I feel like it's like, um, I understand, like, it's kind of, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, uh, I don't even know what kind of word I'm trying to say, but it's, I feel like it's just messed up. Like, overall, I just feel like it's messed up in a way. But, and I understand, like, your principles and values and stuff like that. But, like, I feel like it's kind of like you're, sh- you're shunning somebody, you know? It's just because they had met premarital sex with somebody, you know? Yeah, I, f- I feel you on that. And here's my thing about it. I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I'll break it up into two parts. The first thing I'm going to say is this. If... Well, first of all, I don't. I'm trying to see how having premarital sex in an in an envi- in a work environment like that, besides the individual who got pre- or the female who got pregnant, you know, getting on maternity leave, I don't really see how that would affect the company from a corporate standpoint. Mm. You know, so right. that, that that's because it's because it, most likely if you wasn't or if if it wasn't an employee affair this was happening off the clock and the person wasn't in work when it was happening. So why would they be judged off of something that happened out of work? Mm. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to turn this into a main topic because we got a lot of stuff we got to cover. The second thing I want to say is this. I think it's judgmental and I'll say this about it. If we worked at a whole lot of places where we had to keep a code of conduct based off of the way that a lot of us sin, a whole lot of folks will be fired <laughs> Right. for a whole lot of other stuff. I wouldn't know and, and besides premarital sex, do you get uh, fired for, for stealing? Do you get fired for lying? Do you get fired for um, what's some other sin? I'm trying to think, but it's just, this, it, it goes across the thing where it's just like, it's unnecessary to try to because at the end of the day you're not god so the only person that you would really need to answer to is god and my thing is if it does not affect you from a corporate standpoint then there's no real need for you to police it that's just more because i I don't know if you caught what i said in the beginning but dave ramsey is an evangelical and we are going to keep i'm sorry evangelicals we uh and excuse my slang to the older people that are listening to this, but evangelicals, we're going to be spinning the block on y'all for a whole lot of episodes because y'all just keep doing foolishness. Y'all just keep doing... Y'all have lost y'all's marbles since Trump lost. Like, what are y'all doing? Great. Hey, yo. Yo, best. I did not even know he was an evangelical. Yeah, bro. And it's just like... (laughs) It's just one crazy thing after another, but that's how I feel about it. If a whole lot of us were 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 judged upon our sins uh, on how we work, the unemployment rate would be through the roof. <laughs> you know, as long, my thing is, if 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 you believe like that, as long as they have asked forgiveness from God and they've accepted what they've done, then. Why do you need to keep them out of a job? Because at the end of the day, it also goes against a lot of the pro-life. It might, and I'm, I'm going to go into this just a little bit, and then, and then we'll move on. But how can you say that you're pro-life 
and then fire one of your employees for getting pregnant, which keeps them out of work and which limits their resources and funds that they could use to put towards the child that is coming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it make that make sense, you know, but that's another topic for another day in the podcast episode that we've already discussed. So we're going to move on from that. Um, the next article, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, a study at Baylor University shows the benefits of Bible-based trauma healing programs in prisons. Um, according to the article, inmates who participated in the Bible-based trauma healing ministry program showed enhanced emotional well-being and a significant decrease in the negative consequences of trauma. A recent study in the uh, American Bible Society and Baylor University revealed through participating in the Healing the Wounded Heart ABS Bible-based correctional trauma healing program participants experienced a decline in PTSD and vengefulness. Also, they experienced increases in forgiveness, resilience, and meaning in life. ABS and the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry partnered to train chaplains and volunteers at the Riverside Regional Jail in North Prince George, Virginia to facilitate the program used for a study conducted at Baylor University. Of the 349 inmates in the study, 86% had experienced at least one type of traumatic event. The 210 individuals in the treatment group completed surveys throughout the Correctional Trauma Healing Program to see if they had better outcomes than those in the control group who did not complete the program. The longitudinal study of the program that consisted of five two-hour sessions revealed significant healing outcomes, which provided evidence on how Bible-based intervention should inform holistic approaches to offender reform. What's amazing and not surprising to me is just how effective this program has been, not only through reduced trauma symptoms and increased person's sense of connection to God and their neighbor to the Bible that it continues. Christian psychologist Dr. Phil Monroe, who works with the ABS Trauma Healing Program, told the Christian Post, we have proven effects on that last. Uh, we have proven effects that last, excuse me. After one of three months of completing the program, inmates showed improvement in areas of forgiveness, compassion, resilience, and support from family and friends, among other positive effects. Monroe said the program yields these results due to the ministry's faith aspect. I think that was pretty interesting to read how, you know, the word of God can change anybody, anywhere, you know, um, despite who you are and what you're going through, you know, to be able to get into the word of God, study it for yourself and, you know, be able to see the love of God through the word of God. I think that was very um, important. And I think that was a very interesting article to see that, you know, Christ can change anybody. Amen. Touch your neighbors in Christ can change anybody. Jesus can change anybody, anybody, anybody. My God. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, I, like I'm just literally thinking about it. Like, because with trauma and like with like certain things like that, being like a psychology major. Oh yeah, you I was, know. I forgot you. I, I, I should know, ask like, you about that. Bro, like yo, and that's actually crazy. Cause like one of my goals is like yeah, like cause actually one of my goals was to um. What you call it to um, like you know, like they're talking about like you know hiring people like to go to prisons and like you know, like psychologists and stuff like that because like you know it's it's needed for a fact because it's like you know um, people like in jail they go through a lot of trauma right now 
like it's it's really it's really wild. It's like wow, like you know, um, you need people to really, you know, understand like yes, like Christ is saved, like Christ is definitely save people for a fact. Especially you know actually getting like the right people to help out, mm. you know like you know like mental health is actually mad. Like that's just one of the things that's like very important. You know what I'm saying? Cause yo, and as like a black man in this world, bro. Facts. Black Man. mental health definitely matters. Nah, for real. But yeah, so. Alright, so what were we speaking about? Alright, so, um, you know, usually after our trending topics, we go into a uh, month highlight based off of what's going on. And I, I really kind of um, write my brain a little bit about what we could do for this. And then I also realized that when I was um, working on the pitch for this show, that one of the main things I wanted to cover was, you know, what was happening in gospel music. Um, so I decided to just do a quick little segment. This will probably be one of the quicker segments that we do during the month. Um, just talking about what's in your playlist right now. So as a, um, we'll talk a little bit about what we're playing. And then as the months go on um, and more records are released, we'll begin to talk about those records Um listen to them, review them, give our opinions on them, and that'll more so be what this segment will be about. So, I know he might not be prepared, but Josh, did you want to go first on this, or do you want me to go first? Oh, you talking about, like, the playlist and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't mind. Like, I can, I can go if you want me to. Go ahead, yeah. Reverend. Go ahead. All right, so, yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, so, like, what's on my playlist right now? Okay, yeah. that's so, like, What's on my playlist right now? So, like, <laughs> and if I actually go to my playlist, give me one second. I just go to it, and... I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. J- Josh, is, Josh, is, uh, Josh is Baptist, so, you know, he ain't... He be listening to some of that some of that devil music. So I got a lot of artists, and I do have to pay my Apple Music bill because it's not up here. But I told him about the segment, um, and he was, and he said, "I gotta surf through his secular his uh, secular music to go through it." <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Oh, like, all right, on Holy Week though." <laughs> oh, I'm dead, yo. Nah, like I have a lot of like it's crazy because like um, from what I know, like that's usually on my playlist. I have. I have a lot of Christian hip hop, um, not even just like Christian hip hop, but I have like a lot of gospel and uh, CCM, you know. You know, shout out to CCM, you feel me? Um, <laughs> so like, um, artists like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do like name three artists that I like that I like really listen to. Um, when it comes to Christian hip hop, you know, I listen to Lecrae. Um, you know, I listen to. Um, I listen to John Key, and I also listen to Derek Minor, right? When it comes to Christian hip hop, those like three top people, Christian hip hop, gospel. I must say, you know, Kier Shear, Marvin Sapp, Kirk Franklin. Um, and then when it comes down to, you know, CCM, you know, I, I do a little bit of elevation worship. You feel me? Okay. <laughs> elevation worship. And like, you know, Dante Bo, right? He's actually kind of new. Um, oh yeah, I heard him. And uh, yeah, like, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Um, what's his face? Oh my lord, Jesus! Um, 
Maverick City. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're they've been yo. I've been seeing them everywhere recently. Well, so yeah, I heard they've been they've been doing a whole lot of stuff. But yeah, that's um that's pretty t- he had to throw in that CCM in there. Uh, y'all, some of y'all in here gonna get mad at me, but I'm I really don't listen to CCM at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't listen to CCM. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just talk. Um, I'm not gonna fully go into my uh playlist because right now I'm sitting at like almost 440 songs, so that's gonna take too much time. I'm just gonna talk about the newest stuff that I'm listening to that's come out recently. Um. One artist that I really enjoy um, is his name is Doobie Powell. He does a lot of like neo soul based gospel music. Um, I really enjoy a lot of the um, grooves and stuff that he puts into his music. Um, his musicality is at, is absolutely uh, amazing. Um, he came out with a new album, I think about a week ago or so, if I'm not mistaken, around that time, called All Things New. Um, it's a superb album. I've listened to it, no skips in my opinion, um, and I think he definitely put, he put his, he definitely did a good job on that, um, second one I listened to that's almost, um, in a neo-soul fashion, uh, is a group called Red Hands, um, it's a group of individuals that all play, uh, certain instruments, um, they came out with a record, I want to say a few months ago, called The Two, um, I thought it was really good, also an album with no skips, PJ Morton is, um, featured on one of the songs on there and it's that song is fire i ain't gonna hold you that song i think it's called um i think it's called see you on monday if you get a chance listen to it it's 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 fire um yeah nah that's fire and if you all have kind of noticed during the pandemic um choir music has sort of made a comeback um when we got to the beginning of the pandemic ricky dillard um for those in the gospel section ricky dillard came out with a new choir uh album i'm trying to think a whole lot of people that came out with choir albums in the pandemic but um one person that specifically came out with something yesterday and i want to say a week or two before uh week or two around this time um he's from new york he's based in new york his name is vincent bohannon um he came out with something with his first choir the sound of victory i think it's called the one sound ep um it's got a lot of good choir songs in it um it's a lot a lot of new york style um New York based music and he actually um is signed to Hezekiah Walker's label. So that really makes sense with a whole lot of stuff that he does. And also his church, the Winners Assembly, they came out with a um with a few of their uh chants that they do when they go into the praise breaks and stuff like that. So um yeah, if you're gonna listen to his church's newest E P, don't listen to it while you're driving. Because yeah. <laughs> Straight church, Doc. Straight church. <laughs> talking about PJ Morton. Oh my lord. <laughs> so that's that's who I've been listening to in my playlist recently. So like I said, um, nice. as the months go on, new records as the month goes on, new records that come out, we'll review them, um, give our opinion on them, and that'll really be um, the basis of you know what that section will be as far as the podcast goes. All right. Now it is story time. Um, basically, now we're going to talk about how Global Gospel started. I'm For the first beginning part of this, since I was not in the group originally, I'm going to let Josh sort of tell the story 
and then when it gets to the part where I come in, then I'll, then we'll sort of be, um, we'll go between, and yes, you understand what I'm trying to say. So, with that being said, Joshua, how did the rap group Global Gospel start? Right, so, um, so some of y'all probably know my artist name is Rafiq. Yes, right? sir. And um, so, like, I basically started making music, um, dang. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. That's an inside joke. Right, so, That's an inside joke. We can't tell y'all about that. That's an inside joke. Right, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Wow. Yeah, I've been making music for a very long time. So, all right, so I started making music when I was 13. I'm 22 now, so that's almost like nine years. Wow. Yo, nine years? Old head. I'm an old head in the game now. I'm weak. You know, so. I remember when you was, I remember when you was recording on the, on the PlayStation mic, and you could hear him clicking the mouse to, you could hear him clicking the mouse on YouTube to, to turn the beat on. I remember when you had when you ain't had no studio engineer, you had to make your own um on echoes. My man was like my man was like Rafik on the track, track, track. (laughs) Came came a long way. I believe I have that audio too. That's crazy. I I believe it's in my archives on SoundCloud. I thought you deleted all your stuff on SoundCloud. I deleted it, but I think they have like an archive thing on SoundCloud. Oh man. I'm about to probably pull that up. Oh, <laughs> man. Up one of these days. But, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, as Mike said, I started off with PlayStation. I'm, like, really humble um, because I didn't, I'm going to be honest, like, my parents didn't even want me to rap at first. I'm going to be very honest. My parents didn't want me to rap at first. Um, literally, you know, they're, like, they were, like, I remember one time my dad told me I sucked. <laughs> 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 my dad told me I sucked at making music. Dang. And I was, like, Dang, like, because, like, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was trash at the time. So, it made sense. So, literally what happened was I had to really just, like, consistently work, because, you know, I was getting constructive criticism all the time about it. You know, just being a Christian hip-hop artist, you know, was actually, it's not very popular. You know what I'm saying? It's not very popular nowadays. And, you know, also back then as well. So, you know, literally I took the Christian hip-hop route, because, you know, it was like, I just want to be different from everybody else. So, you know, literally what happened was, I started in 2013. Well, well, not 2012. Well, I started when I was 13, so that would be nine years ago. So that's 2012. Yeah. 2012, I started, and literally, you know, at the time, you know, what happened was I was in a, I was in a, actually a different rap group at one time. It was, I think it was called like Legit Praise Movement or yep. something like that. Yep. And. <laughs> That group was not a rap group. Like, what happened was one of the people got into jail, the other person like left, and then the person one of the people moved to um, Harrisburg. So like, it just split. So I was all by myself again, and I was still my thing with music. I was still being consistent, still being consistent, doing the PlayStation I thing. I made a whole album <laughs> off the PlayStation I might called um, it was called CPR. CPR, connect, respect, wait, connect, connect protect, respect. Protect, res- yeah. How you don't know your old catalog? <laughs> Yo, it's so crazy. Like, cause sometimes I really like think about, it, I'm like, wow, like CPR, that was like really my, um, 
my first ever project. And um, when I when I did it, I did it off the PlayStation. But I like did everything off there. I did it in a day. I did that. I did that whole project in a day. I remember I recorded everything in a day, put everything up, did everything perfectly. Didn't have no studio, just places I like. I I used to have to close the door at night because like my door um in the um in my office was kind of like like you know I had to close it every night so like nobody can like because like my parents would yell at me and stuff like that like guys what are you doing that like you know what I'm saying hello my voice stuff like that and then what happened was you know afterwards when it came down to the play you know like you know I, I had a lot of people you know make fun of me for my music and stuff like that. And then mind you, like, when you do something new, you know, for all my people that are, like, you know, have a dream or a goal, like, yo, like, stay consistent. Because, when, like, one thing about consistency is people are going to respect you for being consistent. Thanks. And I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that. And ever since I've been consistent, like, yo, like, I have people that respect me, you know, because I'm consistent with myself. And, you know, when you're consistent, you get better and better and better and better. So what happened was, you know, I met somebody named Yusa. And Yusuf yeah. Shelton, right? Um, and uh, also known as Seth the Gigi, uh, right? So, yeah, I'm gonna give you that story right there. So, um, I've known Seth since I seen him perform at 228's student conference. It was like for the pre-show he performed. It was a great performance. You know, I was like, wow, like this man know how to rap this and that. I was like, wow, he's better than me. Like, I was like, bro, I gotta connect with him. You know what I'm saying? Connected with him. Um, I haven't seen him in like months, and then what happened was, <laughs> and Mike, you could like you could attest on this like open mic nights. Oh yeah, <laughs> the two two eight open mic nights. Yes, sir. So <laughs> basically, what happened was my first ever like my first ever open mic night, and that's actually crazy because I actually archived it into my um Instagram. Um, first ever one I performed. It was like my first performance ever. It was like the wackest performance. It wasn't good. There was a lot of things going on. Like, YouTube was not working. Like, it was a lot of things going on. And I remember it was, um, what's that song called? It was, it was a Chirac remix I did. Yep. Chirac remix. And, uh, like, there was time, like, it was, like, a lot of stuff going on. It was, like, a lot of, like, technical difficulties. And there was a time I messed up. And it was just, it was just a lot. It was just so frustrating at the time. But Yusuf was there. He was supporting me. He was like, bro, you did good, but like, yo, yeah, you can definitely do better. And do better. He's like, bro, you need to actually come to the studio with me, bro. It's like, what you mean? Like, what studio? I have to pay for it, bro. I don't have bread. Yeah, at the time I did not have no bread. I was not I didn't have no job, nothing. So he was like, bro, nah, you can actually come for free. And literally what happened was Yusuf was like, bro, like, come to the studio. I'm like, bro, like, come to the studio? He's like, where at? He's like, Bethlehem. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna stop so you right mom, there. I'm gonna stop you right there because we, we get, uh, we're, you're getting closer to the plot. I'm sorry, y'all. But, um, really what happened is I think me and Seth started going to Wayne around the same time. Yep. Because the sound engineer that worked at Bethlehem Studio, his name was Wayne. I don't know if he's gonna listen to this, but Wayne, what's up? Um, Wayne worked in the multimedia department at the church, and he told Dad that he had a studio. This was before he had moved it downstairs, and it was um, it was like in the ups. I think he had moved. It was before he had moved actually, 
in his first house. And it was like upstairs in like the, the central part. So we went over there, hung out with him. He was uh, seeing how he was, you know, managing and operating that. I told him about Josh. And he t- and I told um I told Josh that, yo, this is this is guy in multimedia. He said just pull up, come through. And Josh was acting a little apprehensive about it. And it and so it really took me and Yusef to, to to talk him into doing it. But yeah, go ahead to um what you're saying about the studio stuff. Yeah, so like so I had to like convince my mom to go to the studio. I was like, Mom, this is what I wanna do. You know, it's something that I really like love. Yo, it took a long time to convince my mom to go to the studio. <laughs> like it took me like twenty minutes to convince her. Went to the studio. I think I don't know how long we were there, but it was a lit session. Like we used to be having pizza up in those sessions, bro. Like Thanks. it used to be lit, man. Like, you know? And what was I gonna say? So what happened was um, so like I think it was me and Seth. And I think was were you there too in the first studio session? I don't think I was. Or, it might have just been you and was, him. Cause probably was me and Seth. And the first time I came, it was it was it was all three. It was all four of us. And me. Yeah. And we'll explain that. We'll explain yeah. that part too. So, <laughs> all right. So that happened. So it was just me and Seth. And then, basically, what happened was. And mind you, we were all in an internship at the time, like me, Mike, Seth, and I'm going to bring up Gerard in a second, too. So, um, basically what happened was we, me and Seth, we were just chilling one day and, you know, and like, mind you, like, so we came up with Gigi, like, on the spot. Like, we, it was just like, yo, let's call ourselves Global Gospel, like, because he was talking about, like, yo, and like, because he's from Pittsburgh, like, I don't know if everybody knows, but he says from Pittsburgh. And like a Gigi is actually a Glock, right? It's actually a Glock when it comes to Pittsburgh. And literally when it comes down to that, right? So he was like, nah, like Gigi needs to stand for something else. So he was like, let's, let's call it Global Gospel. So we just came up with Global Gospel. And then all of a sudden Gerard came in the picture out of nowhere. He actually came to the studio because um, mind you, like Gerard was a person like, you know, that we met in the internship like he he wanted to get to know people in the internship and stuff like that you know what i'm saying so like he hit me up get to know me and stuff like that he was like bro like can i come to the studio with you i i, I got some music he's like all right bet he's like i got music i was like okay cool let's go me seth and gerard and he called himself 1730j <laughs> that's crazy oh, wait. He called himself 1730j that's hilarious and like it was just four of us in the studio because Mike just came to pitch it, because he was already at the studio producing and stuff like that already. So I, I so, guess I guess I'll take it from that. So essentially what had happened was um, they had started Global Gospel, and I guess I was, I don't know, I was bored, because Wayne had a, um, had an electronic Yamaha drum set back when I was a drummer. Um, I'm retired now, but... <laughs> Yeah, so I essentially was like, hey, I'll, I'll just come along with y'all and I'll be y'all's drummer from the rap group. So, boom, that was that. It was me, Gerard, Seth, and another guy named Manny. I fr- I can't think of his... Um, Manny? Yo! I can't... Th- yeah, Manny was there. I can't think of the rap... I, to save my life right now, I can't think of the rap group uh, name that him and Justin had. I cannot think. Oh, Rats to Righteous. Rats to Righteous. Rats to Righteous. Yeah. So Manny was working on some stuff with, uh, on some individual stuff that he was doing with Wayne. 
and then everybody else because that was around the time i don't know if y'all for those of you who are younger um for some of my younger listeners you all may remember the um the trend that was going around where it was like the cypher and like in between each bar somebody would be like hmm so like that was really trending around that time so they were doing a remix to that and while they were recording it and trying to figure out what the beats were like everybody's rapping and then I had never like really been like a whole like like a part of rapping or anything and I'm just like I don't know maybe I could write a verse to this so essentially I wrote down a little four bar verse well yeah one little four bar verse in the beginning I recorded after I recorded it everybody was like ah that was fire, like it was crazy. Yo, it, that thing was lit. Oh my gosh. And then that's how I uh ended up becoming a member of Global Gospel. I <laughs> I was just I was just doing something, just trying to just, just messing around, not even like trying to be serious or nothing like that. And then I left the studio a member of a rap group. So <laughs> essentially that turned into us meeting up in the studio. Uh, quite often because most of the stuff that we did was going on Josh's EP that he had coming out for the summer. Um, so, summer yes, sir. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's still on SoundCloud too. I don't know. I, well, yeah, it's still on SoundCloud. Yeah. So, for those of you who follow us on SoundCloud, um, I'm going to try to find Josh's profile. And if it's still up there, I'm going to repost because um, you know you can repost stuff on SoundCloud. But if you go into our SoundCloud after uh, this episode is released, We'll go to Josh's profile and then we'll repost a lot of this stuff that's here. Um, so you can go back and listen to it to somewhat get um, a feel of what we're talking about in this topic. So um, to continue on, um, we record the stuff. We record the um, we record the few songs that we're going to do um, within our youth group, uh, within the internship specifically. Gigi starts to get popular because um, we were... And we essentially went to our youth pastor. He allowed us to go in and um, and record. I mean, not not rec- uh, to perform our songs. Because by then, um, Josh had already released the EP. He um, invited us to go ahead and perform. And <clears throat> I would say that was probably one of the best performances that we did in... That's probably one of the best performances ever done by a youth group at Shiloh. Yes, I'm saying that. For all you Shiloh people... Uh, Rap groups that may come before or after us. Y'all not touching Gigi. I'm sorry. No cap. <laughs> no cap, bro. Especially that uh 2015, 2016 performance. Y'all not touching Gigi. I'm 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 just gonna go ahead and say that. So essentially, you know, um Gigi becomes a brand. It becomes a lot as far as like um how we're known in the church. Um eventually as time goes on, you know. We were able to do some a lot of interesting opportunities for the church. Um, especially want to thank Pastor Brandon, uh, Minister Kiana, Pastor Phil, all the individuals that allowed us to come in and do things on a Sunday service basis. Um, they allowed us to perform on Sunday mornings. They allowed us to be a part of uh, dramatic um, plays and the stuff that the church would do on Sunday mornings. It really gave us a lot of opportunities to get exposure as far as what we were doing. And they supported us. They supported our um, the vision that we had. And we definitely got to give them thanks and props for doing that. So essentially, um, as the years went on, you know, life happened. Um, for the most part, Gerard stepped away. Um, Yousef 
um, after he graduated, because I think he was in his junior or senior year. We were still freshmen. And we were still uh, sophomores for the most part, sophomores and juniors. But Seth graduated the year before us, ended up uh, relocating back to Pittsburgh. So that was a little bit, uh, that made it a little bit harder for us. So essentially, the group boiled down to me and Josh. Um, when it boiled down to me and Josh, we somewhat <coughs> slacked off, fell off a little bit. Um, then we started, once we got to school, we started to um, put out a few more things. I came out with a few solo records that I've deleted. There's somewhere on a flash drive, but somewhere on a flash drive, but I just don't, I hated the mix on it and I don't feel like going back and finding them. So, yeah, those, those are, those are going to stay underground. Um, unless I, unless the Lord decides to move on me and release them. So, between that and really, um, we somewhat picked it back up after we left the, um, after we somewhat got into our freshman year of college, Josh begins to work on his album Metanoia, and Josh comes up with the song Why You're Mad, which you hear at the beginning of each and every episode of this podcast. That's the song that you're hearing is Why You Mad by, uh, I'm going to post a little bit of my verse when we get into the outro so that you guys can just hear a little bit of how we did things on that. So, um, essentially, we come out with that, and it's like almost looks like 2016 again. People are going around in, in um, when it gets released, people are going around the church singing "Why you mad? Why you mad at us?" Everybody's asking us "Why you mad? Why you mad?" <laughs> it's a, it, uh, <laughs> it's a, it catches on a lot. Um, a lot of those opportunities that we had previously um, continue to become available for us. Um, that was the first and only music video that has been shot for Global Gospel is based off of that song, uh, Why You Mad? And yeah, I think that, um, well, now why do we say all this? I think really is the point. Um, I think that in anything, when it comes to uh, the young people in our church, that we have to inspire them and that we have to give them the opportunity and the platform to fully express themselves. And that's what I. That's why I went back and you know thank Pastor Phil, Minister Kiana, um, Pastor Brandon for giving us that opportunity to be able to fully express ourselves. You have some people in some churches that may look at Christian hip hop and say, "Oh, it's the devil's music," and "Oh, you know, um, don't really allow the young people to express themselves in ways that they can." But the fact that we were able to have that opportunity, it kept us rooted and grounded in the church. You know, it allowed us to be um, more active within the church. It, um, it allowed us to have an appreciation for the church and also the members who would constantly support us, who were um, constantly asking us, you know, when's our next project coming out, listening to our projects, sharing our projects, supporting our projects. And I think the biggest takeaway that you can get from this entire story is the importance of, in, of supporting the young people in your church. You know, when they want to do things and when they want to um, be able to participate in ways that glorifies God, that, you know, we in our churches should give them the opportunity and create the atmosphere for them to be able to do that. And not only that, but we as the church and we as the members of the church from the leadership down have to be able to support them and give them the accurate tools that they need 
and really that support goes a long way and it helps them to be able to root to uh, stay rooted and grounded within the church like I previously said um, and it really helps them to be able to strengthen their relationship with God so that's really the reason why I wanted to tell that story just so you could get a background of who we are more so and also that you could be inspired in the individual that's thinking about going into um, becoming a music artist or doing anything like that 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 you know make sure you have that support system around you and make sure that you know you're dedicated to what you do and yeah so you know we're a little bit older now um who knows if gg will come back i'm like i said i'm semi-retired so i don't i don't know i'm, I'm leaning towards towards more full retirement right now but you know we'll see as time <laughs> we'll see as time goes but you know we just wanted to share that for nostalgia's sake and for the time being so yeah i'm pretty sure that we've talked your ear off long enough um like i said connect with us man um facebook the amen corner podcast same as uh same for the instagram twitter is at the amen corner you know like us share us um on our different social media platforms um individuals who listen on spotify and things like that share these um with their friends family anything like that uh, we want to be able to expand our audience and get the word out you know so like i said thank you for listening to us thank you for um putting up with us rambling <laughs> so uh we hope you enjoy your good friday enjoy your holy week enjoy your easter if you're going to church stay safe um maintain your social distance wear your mask um make sure you're following cdc guidelines um definitely want to wish anybody who's returning into church like we are and we have been for the past few weeks definitely that everybody will be safe and we wish you a very very good friday and with that being said my name is mike purvis and my name is joshua powell and we'll see you here again next friday man i told you you not be in my team kanye was we got that ultra light beam new wave we about to change the mainstream i'm spitting fire man i'm blowing up steam let's stay and chill like man i gotta relax but being rough man we just spitting facts we should be locked up cause we murdering tracks ain't about the money we not worried about stacks it's a long time coming y'all been waiting on us at the same time people steady hating on us about to take you on the journey like i'm driving the bus if you listen to the song